You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael from Arizona. With me always is my good friend, Jay from the hills of Texas. And AK Mike in Texas. And uh, we're excited because uh, Mike is down here visiting me this weekend. We're going to do a whole podcast on that, I think, eventually. But. Uh-huh. And uh, fortunately for us, we have been mentioning in the last few podcasts is that uh, Philip Hinkle, who was able to come down and visit me uh, during one of his trips and go fly with me, uh, went to a Dawn Patrol, I think, uh, down in Miami. And we are lucky enough to have him on the podcast tonight. So, Philip, welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. Welcome, Philip, from the tundra of Wisconsin. <laughs> that's pretty funny now uh the last uh stuff that we got on your facebook page said that uh, it was snowing up there did the snow finally uh deteriorate and uh, yes, leave you but it hasn't gotten significantly better it is warmer but we just it's every couple of days more rain comes through more rain comes through and uh mm. like today i think the high was in the 50s nice Hey, that's what it was here today. Really? Well, if it makes you feel any better, we're uh, both in shorts and T-shirts. It was 90 degrees yesterday, so. Be quiet. (laughs) And I'm sunburned, in case you can't tell. Yeah. Yeah, You look like you've been in I look like a lobster, basically. (laughs) Yesterday is actually worse because I had that reverse raccoon look, you know, for my glasses. It was pretty funny. Yeah, the raccoon look is what I sport when I go to AirVenture. There you go. That's (laughs) funny. So. Well, you uh, have uh, helped us out tremendously with uh, our Park Flyer podcast listeners group. We appreciate that. Um, it's a Facebook page that you kind of spurred and got uh, got a hold of, or I guess actually created. Uh, and that's actually something that you, you've you done in the past, right? Yeah, I've created a few different groups. I did one uh, a while back, Old Guys, Drone Guys. I helped another oh, person cool. start it. And it was basically because we were in – the drones and we didn't like what rotor riot was doing and uh so we started a page where we didn't have to listen to all the crap from the little millennial crybabies and all the things they were doing to break the laws and do things they weren't supposed to do hold my beer um, so it was good that one piled up over two thousand members in just a matter of a couple of months so that was wow pretty awesome. well we are well on our way i think thanks to you and we really appreciate that um, well we do need then, to get uh, guys more members Yes, we are uh, pro- we are promoting it as often as we can. I actually just um, ran into a guy at the field yesterday uh, who was uh, visiting and uh, told him about it, and he was all excited. So hopefully we'll see him join in uh, before too long. Well, when I was down in Miami, I passed out the cards you sent me to all the guys there, and hopefully once this gets live and they can listen to it, um, we should hope you hopefully pick up another dozen or so members for you. Well, that's excellent. Well, good. Well, I think this one is uh, releasing uh, fairly soon. So, uh, Now, you went to Miami, obviously, uh, not to get into your personal lives, but you went down to take care of your mom, and while you were down there, you were able to visit uh, a club or actually participate in, um, I think, the Dawn Patrol is what they call it, right? Right. I didn't participate because I didn't have anything to fly, but I got to go to it. Yeah, I was down to um, take care of my mom for a week to give my brothers Mm -hmm. a week off because they care for her Um, pretty much around the clock. We sent her to daycare during the day and I 
kept her home for a few days. And then on Thursday and Friday, my brother says, we need to get her back into the routine. She's going to daycare. We don't want her thinking she can just stay home whenever she wants. And um, so I thought, You're ruining it for us. I thought the Dawn Patrol dates were Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but they were Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I drive all the way out there on Thursday, get there. There's like two guys at the field and they're putting their planes together. It's like, <laughs> this is a huge event. Yeah, man, you guys are really killing it. Uh, you beat the crowd, though. That's the good news. Yeah, they told me the thing was the next day, and the rain was starting to come in at that point anyway, so I just turned around and left and came back the next day. But nice. everything was huge. There were no little electric foamy, you know. Right. These were scratch-built, almost every one of them, and they were all running massive gas engines. And I think there was one guy there that had – a plane that had been in like Top Gun or something and won awards. And it was just some really crazy big stuff. And you can see from the pictures and video that I put on the page, they were some significant planes. Sure. That's actually kind of neat. When I came back from uh, Jay's, I got to go attend the 18th Air Force, and it was very similar. They had some World War One guys out there, World War Two guys, but the airplanes were, you know, at least one eighth scale or bigger. So yeah. I felt really small with my one, you know, 72nd model, but not really, but yeah. you know, it might was my a 10 was the smallest thing out there. And I believe in one of the interviews, the president told me, I think their club is like 25% electric. So wow. they're, you know, usually when you get into the gas, you're a lot more hardcore because most of those sure. are bills. And, um, so they're a fairly decent sized club down there. Well, good. Well, good. Well, we're excited to have them. What's the name of the club that you were at? I think it's the Aero Modelers of Perrine. Okay. Amps. Aero Modelers of Perrine. Yeah, Amps RC, I believe is what the name is. The president will tell you what it is in the interviews right, that we recorded. Right. Um, but I remember way back years ago when I lived down there, um, I think I bumped into some of their folks flying at some point um, in my adventures when I was down there. I used to build ultralights, and I know some of the folks used to every now and then pop in and and fly a little bit around the place we flew the ultralights and um i don't know if it was some of those same people but i know there's a pretty active little rc community down there well and i think there's a, a lot of uh rc communities in florida florida <laughs> seems absolutely to, uh, there's a lot of stuff there. coming out of that direction so well, we, if you we go to the, if you go to their web page there's a dude on the front page that has like a half scale jet that flies off their 900 foot runway so that's amazing that's crazy well, what did you think of the event overall? It was interesting. It wasn't as big as I thought. Um, I thought, you know, it's like I picture these events and they're just like 50, 60 pilots and stuff like that. But there was probably on Friday, which was the small day, there was probably about eight to 10 pilots. And I think they were saying there would be as many as 15 or more right. there on Saturday because it's World War One, And the only people that right. really fly those are the hardcore, serious modelers that have been doing it for a while that really know how to build. And it's just, I wouldn't say it's out there, but it's almost like a fringe part of the hobby because it's more difficult to get into and more difficult to do. So I guess one of the person that helps event plan events, and I actually, I can't remember if I interviewed him or not, but he said he wanted to start something for just these folks where they can come out and fly just those planes and be surrounded by people enjoying that kind of talk and that kind of flying for a weekend. So pretty much if you wanted to fly at that field over the weekend, you had to fly something from World War One. 
And so it wasn't a huge event, but it was growing in popularity. I think they were picking up a few pilots every year. And there was one guy who's a regular that comes down for it now every year and has friends down there. He comes down from Tennessee all the way wow. to Miami and, and brings a plane or two with him and flies. And I actually did interview him. He was a quite fun character. Very cool. Now, I, I feel challenged. Why is that? Well, because he said only the serious guys are doing that. <laughs> and I feel like I'm serious. Well, Maybe I'm going to have to go out there. That's true, but you know, uh, to to Philip's point, you can pretty much go on the on the Webers, right, on the websites nowadays, and find every three D airplane you can imagine, every World War Two airplane you can imagine, every kit that you're making. How many World War One kits are really out there? With time. the exception of, I think Hangar Nine has one or two. The the I think they've got the Fokker, or, you know, whatever the DR two yeah. or ten or something, and it's pretty large. It's uh, matter of fact, uh, right as right as you and I were talking about this Dawn Patrol, and uh, Tony, uh, one of the guys in my club, had picked up one of those, and he was out at the one eighth Air Force flying this big, you know, third scale World War One airplane, and and Spencer got a chance to fly it, and Spencer came back and went, "Wow, that was really cool flying it, but I'll never own one because it's just not the type of flying." That he does. I mean, this is very scale. It, uh, you know, this airplane doesn't rip around like a jet or, or like nope. a World War II type airplane. You know, the Jennies and the Fokker triplanes, they got a rudder the size of a dollar, you know, silver dollar and, and w- wings from all over because that's back then, that's what they thought they needed. And it's a very different type of flying. It's a very different landing. It's a very different, you know, aerobatics. Uh, and so you're right, Philip. The fact that uh, these guys that come out, a, they don't have the ability to just buy a ready to, you know, ready to launch World War One airplane out of a kit. Uh, they have to scratch build something, or they build it off of plans because it's, you know, that's what's out there. And there wasn't really a super high demand uh, from the market for World War One large scale. Now I will tell you that there's some World War Two comebacks. You know, I think. Uh, you know, they're, they're free wing and a couple other guys are not free wing, but FMS, I think, makes one or two. And I think that uh, a couple other companies have the the Fokker triplanes that are available. Because I was right. looking I at one Hobby at Co one had, time, right? Hobby Co, I think, had one. Hobby like Co it. had a couple. Yeah. Horizon but, just yeah, released that random. great big one. Yep, yep. But the, the large scale stuff, and we're talking third, you know, 33%, 40% is which are, you know, trailer size. You have to have a trailer to haul it. And, yeah, pretty uh, much everybody at this event either came in a van or a trailer. Right. Or a camper. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, my, uh, you know, props go out to the to those guys. And if you're from the club that, uh, you know, um, that produced these, then uh, more power to you. Because, you know, finding – Jay and I have had this conversation a lot, that in the, today's modeling – it used to be you got a box of balsa wood and some, you know, sticks and paint and, <laughs> you know, glue, and you had to f- make something. And, and that has gone by the wayside for injection molding foam. And I'm guilty of it, too. I, you know, it's much better for me to buy well, your fundraiser, for instance, you know. I mean, we would have had to have purchased that or we just go out and buy it and slap some paint on it the way we want it and go, you know. And the hobby has definitely changed. So I, I, I have more appreciation for those guys because that's where the hobby was. Before, you know, we came around or when we first started, it was a build-your-own kind of thing. So they've kind of set the path and, you know, kind of paved the way for us to come in here and do other stuff. 
Yeah, and I wouldn't be able to build anything like that. I showed you a picture of my workbench. That's all the room I got. So there's barely room for me to repair yeah. anything. I remember my sure. first plane that I built was a glider back in the 80s when I tried RC the first time. And it took up my living room floor in my apartment in, my, in Fort Lauderdale for like three months while I built it. And there was just sawdust everywhere. I'm surprised my wife didn't kick me out. <laughs> but yeah, this this new stuff, like it or not, it's enabled me to enjoy the hobby. I would not be able to do it otherwise. Right. And I think that that's true for a lot of people. You know, right. it's, um, I, I see more and more people out, you know, at our club. And, and I think, you know, Jay can testify because we've kind of talked about it. But, you know, this gives the opportunity for people who would normally not, you know, sit down and build a bunch of stuff to go out and buy a, a model to go out and, and kind of fly. So, I mean, when I was in college and Jay and I were in college, there was a guy that lived between us who had, how long did I tell you it took? 11 years, 11 and a half years. It took him like, yeah, almost 11 and a half years, years or something, yeah. to build this Taylor Craft Clipwing Cub. It wasn't Taylor Craft, it was a Clipwing Cub, but um, yeah, 11 and a half years, him and his dad, it was a project that he started, you know, when he was a little bit older, but, you know, he's something he did with his dad. And uh, we wrecked it in about 30 seconds. Yeah, Mike talked him into flying it. Yeah, well, let's go fly it. That's what happens when you let Mike I guess I go fly it? No, no, no. I was, I didn't maiden it. I just talked him into flying it because the thing was a hanger queen. We had been sitting there with like two inches of dust on it. I'm like, we got to get this thing out there. And he's like, ah, I don't know. That's you know, it took me 11 years to build it, and you know, my dad and <laughs> 30 I. 30 seconds blah, blah, to blah. crash it. We went out. I he called me up. Okay, you know, I thought I think we're gonna go out and do it. So he had this beautiful cub that just he had built from you know sticks. Carved the wood, grown That's the right. trees, grew the trees, and uh, carved the wood. He cranked that thing up, and I was like, "Yeah, come on, let's see this." And he took off, and the airplane went straight up, did a nice hammerhead turn, straight right back into the runway, and just nothing but balsa dust. And I'll bet you today he's not in the RC hobby. Probably not. <laughs> see if you do that with foam, you know, an hour later and some gorilla yeah, glue, you're just, back in the air. That is true. But you know, honestly, it was a mechanical. He uh, when he put the pilot back in. It disconnected his receiver battery. Well, that's not good. No. But somehow when he – and so it it actually pulled everything apart, but he was able to add throttle. And as soon as he added throttle, the weight shift, you know, that acceleration, <laughs> that pulled it out the rest of the way. So yeah. he thought that he had control, but literally the, the airplane just picked up off the ground and just started going skyward. And you know, we were like, wow, that is cool. And he's like, yeah, I don't have control over it. And then we just had to watch it come down and – Anyway, needless to say, I got a, a ride home from someone else. So, <laughs> Too funny. I don't remember talking to the guy after that either. It's been thirty years. Hopefully, he's not listening to this part of the podcast. But, but yeah, I I felt terrible because I talked to him. Yeah, you because know, that thing was just beautiful sitting there, and he had done a really really good job. So, you were able to interview some guys down there, which we really appreciate. Yep. And uh, we got you were four able to interviews. Kinda, we could uh, take an opportunity, and we'll uh, we'll see what they have to say if you don't mind. Sure, go ahead. All right. Hey, Philip Hinkle here from the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm a roving reporter for them. Uh, Michael said I could do this. I'm down in Miami at the local club, the Amps-RC, the Aero Modelers of Perrine RC Club, down in south of Miami, kind of between Miami and Homestead. And I'm here with the club president, Vicar. I think I got that right. Yes. Vicar Hernandez. I didn't massacre his name. Yes. And uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about the club today. Can you uh, give us a little history of the club, brief history? Well, the club started in about uh, 1959. 
group of people who are flying uh, radio, uh, I'm sorry, uh, control line type of models, and they got together, they formed a club. Um, the, the group started in the, in the Perrine area of Miami, and uh, from there we've moved uh, six or seven times to different locations until uh, our current location, which is here in, uh, in a location at the edge of the Everglades between Miami proper and Homestead, city of Homestead. And it literally is next to the Everglades. On my Google Maps, it, I think if I go past those power lines over there, I'm like in Crockett or in alligator country. That is, that is correct. You're like right in the Everglades, so uh, way uh, out west. Yeah. Alligator and python country. <laughs> um, I'll stay out of there. I don't think I'd want to crash a plane out there. Yes, that is correct. And uh, we have a we have a, a property about uh, 13 acres, uh, and we have two runways. It's all grass covered, uh, an east-west and a north-south runway. And we fly all kinds of airplanes. We fly from the little, very small uh, uh, foam uh, electric power models all the way to very large turbine-powered uh, uh, jets. How big is your? How long are your runways for people that may be passing through or wanting to come down here? Sometime? The east-west runway is about nine hundred feet. The north-south is about four hundred and fifty feet long. So you can fly some big stuff out of here. You can fly a lot of big stuff. Correct. You ever had any general aviation planes land out here? We have. We discourage that because <laughs> yeah. it's dangerous to us. But but yes, we've had a couple of uh, people flying small uh, small airplanes, uh, maybe a Cub or something smaller than that. And that have landed at our at our field. Cool. Um, I noticed on your website, which is give me your website. It's www.amps-rc.org. Cool. Um, I noticed when I was checking out for this Dawn Patrol um, and getting the information, there's a picture on the front page of this massive jet, and it's like I think I could hop in it and ride. Can you tell me about that thing? It is a, a half-scale Hawk. I don't remember the, uh, the exact model, but um, it's, uh, it's powered by a very large turbine, and its cost is somewhere around $35,000. That's like almost how much I paid for my house years ago. Yes. More than my car. Yes. Half wow. of what I paid for my first house. <laughs> Just a quick, um, quick question. If you had to break down the club membership as far as electrics, foamies up to the big giant scale and gassers. What's kind of the breakdown for people that might be passing through, maybe want to come bring something down or are visiting family and want to bring a plane or two to fly? What's what? How will they fit in? Will they feel comfortable? That kind of thing. I'm sure they will because like I said before, we, we fly all kinds of airplanes. I would say about a quarter of our members are flying the small foam uh, electric type planes. Um, the rest is flying anything from, from glow to uh, gas power to the turbine type uh, uh, planes. So if somebody came down with a couple of electric foamy warbirds or something, do you have electric hookup for them to use? Or? We do. We now have a solar power system that will allow them to charge batteries. Cool. So, yes. um, Do you have any other events this year? I know we've got the Dawn Patrol today. Do you have any other events coming up in case... Maybe a listener in northern Florida or the southern part of the country wants to come down and, and spend a day or two down here at a, at a special event. What uh, you got going? Our next event is August, uh, I believe, 29th, uh, which is the National Aviation Day that the AMA is uh, sponsoring. Uh, five of the South Florida local uh, clubs 
are getting together and we're gonna do a you know a, a, a joint event kind of a thing we're gonna find a a, a local charity uh, where we're gonna try to uh, generate some money and, and help uh, the community and that after that after that our next event is gonna be sometime in October which is gonna be our jet event jets only and then uh, sometime in November or December we're gonna hold uh, what we call Aerofest which is an open scale uh, event where anything that's a, a scale model uh, can come and fly. So it can be electric, gas, anything that's scale. Correct. That sounds like a fun one. It is. It is fun. We've held that event for the last twenty some years, and it's always been very, very well attended, and and, and we have a lot of fun. Sounds like it. Sounds like you got a great club here. Just for listeners' information, if they're snowbirding down here from up north or if they're passing through and they're going to be spending a few weeks down here is there a way they can join your club for just a few months because you know this is florida everybody snowbirds down here yes so. we we do have a special type of membership uh which is called the the non-resident and uh that membership is is 65 dollars a year of course it requires ama you can only fly here if you are an ama member and a member of the club uh, anyone coming down for a sh very short visit can contact one of the board members. You can go to our website and find our reference. And, uh, and, and then we allow guests to come and fly for a maximum of three times. If you think you're going to be flying more than three times, you need to then become a, a non-resident member. Cool. And one last question in closing on a completely different note than the Dawn Patrol. You're an RC pilot. You run the club. You love it. What's your favorite plane to bring out? If you could only bring one plane for the rest of your life out to the club, what would it be? I have a spacewalker that I built, and uh, it's a, a third-scale spacewalker from Balsa USA. And no, I'm sorry, from Sig. It's a Sig model, and uh, that airplane—it's my baby, sort of a thing. There's everybody has that one plane in yes. the hangar that your go-to plane. Yes. It's always fun to find out what people are flying. So yes. anyway, thanks for the time today. I'm going to go grab a couple more people and see if we can drag them over here and get them to talk about what they're flying today. Sounds good. Thanks, man. Thank you. All right, I'm back here with uh, Marvin. You are the vice president of Amps RC down here in Florida. Yes, sir. Um, we are right now at the Dawn Patrol over Miami. Um, just a little bit of a quick history. I'm third generation in the hobby. I have uh, my buddy Kenny Hurtado with me. He built a new Pro 28. And uh, about two years ago, we started traveling to most of these uh, Dawn Patrol events. And we ended up in Blue Max. And then in Blue Max uh, is where I fell in love with the airplanes, the guys, hell of a crew out there flying and having a good old time and keeping the history alive on this aircraft that you know they're very hard to see around and they're all builders these are not really ARFs so it's a box with sticks and then they come out with a beautiful airplane as you know we can see in this uh, oh yeah I feel I videotaped a few of them this morning took a couple shots they are some beautiful pieces of work out there it's kind of like the real world too I go to EAA every year in Oshkosh and there's like 300 World War II and <laughs> Vietnam War birds, and there's like 15 World War One ones. It's just not much less stuff. It's not much. It's, it's actually an amazing job that these guys do to keep this history alive and let people see what really airplanes were back in the days in 1900s. 
there's some pretty real looking ones out there. Yes. I was just walking up and down the flight line talking to some guys. It's like, man, there's some cool pictures. Yeah, it's these cool. guys actually go to the Blue Max, which is kind of the top gun or ace of aces of pilots and builders. And they get really serious when it comes into their top notch scale model. Yeah, there was one, aircraft. one over there with the guy by the camper. It's not put together yet. And I said, that's a beautiful machine. He says, it's won a few awards. And yes. it's like. That's Mr. Topa. He's, uh, yeah, he's had a, actually, he flies that as well, that Top Gun, which we have. I've heard about that. It's up in central or northern Florida, right? Right, yeah, where sun and fun happens in that area. Yeah, that's a quite an air show. Um, so tell me a little about how, what it took to plan this event. Well, um, two years ago, uh, I wanted it, after going to the Blue Max event, I said to myself, I want to bring this down to South Miami. We don't really have a lot of the guys out here, but I want to be able to get more pilots get involved in here. So talking to the pilots from uh, the Blue Max and a lot of these World War One guys, uh, I opened up a Facebook, uh, which is uh, Dawn Patrol over Miami, and started getting a lot of guys interested, and they said, yes, you have our back. So we have probably, by the end of the weekend, we'll have about 15, 20 pilots, which is actually very hard to get, because like I said, in Miami or down south, it's really hard to get them. All those guys come from Central and South Carolina, Georgia area. So planning was a little bit difficult because you're trying to do this and like, am I going to get them? So yes, they actually say, yeah, uh, talking to, we had Tower Hobbies, Horizon Hobbies, um, uh, Panda, Aeropanda, uh, BVM Jets actually <laughs> did a couple of donations. So we had a couple of good uh, people that actually helped out and um one of the most biggest ordeal thing is that was to try to get everybody here in South Florida to see this event and get motivated to when I do my second event next year. And to, that helps generate the excitement to build more of the planes, exactly. too, doesn't it? Exactly. Well, I think that I did meet one guy over there that's from Tennessee. Yes, Tennessee. As a matter of fact, you're right, Tennessee. That's a long haul to fly for two days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they actually arrived. I did put, usually when I do a, an event, I like to do it a three-day event because we have guys that like to come out with a toy hauler or their RV and those. I saw a few toy haulers over there. Yeah. So basically, I do a three-day event. Uh, they showed up on Thursday night or evening or afternoon, however you want to call it, and uh, they stay in pretty much on Sunday later on the day. They'll start driving back. Wow, that's quite the. Yeah. I came down here to visit somebody, and I'm here for a day. I can't imagine driving half of that way just to go flying for two days and going back although last year i did make a trip to uh tennessee which was one day drive to fly for three days and head home but right so anyway it's really neat what you've got going here so if you guys are into world war one and dawn patrol kind of planes this is the event you want to come to so let's see if we can get somebody here from farther away than tennessee yes and we're looking forward we have a big big grass uh thousand foot runways with plenty of uh, space to have fun bring your rv your toy yes haulers. there's rooms for your haulers and there's a couple of campers here you can stay overnight it's there's no facilities no facilities you got to bring your own stuff but yeah. there you're welcome we do, to bring we it. do have water well water if the person wants to you know take good showers and still get some water they'll have to have the little bucket so they, they don't bring it in off the everglades right no okay just making sure <laughs> all right well thanks for your time man thank Appreciate you it. take care All right, I'm here now with Mark. You are the club secretary? Correct. So uh, I saw you out there flying. Some saw some of my videos that I posted while I was down here. 
Um, he was one, the first big biplane we saw flying. Um, you brought two of them down. Um, can you tell us about those those machines? Sure. Well, um, they're both Balsa USA third scale kits. One's a pup that was uh, inherited actually from the late Merlin Graves a few about two years ago now when he passed. Um, was he a club member? Uh, not a member of the club, no, um, but a friend of the club, and uh, he lived up in Punta Gorda area. Um, but that was one of his airplanes. That thing's probably 25, 30 years old or something. Uh, the other airplane is actually a replica of one he built that I also inherited. That's Newport 28. Um, but his met its demise, unfortunately, so he built another one and did it up just like he had his. Um, and that's got a DA-100 up front for power. Um, it's, uh, it's good fun. I actually came out here yesterday by mistake thinking it started yesterday and we you were here setting stuff up and we were chatting a little bit and I says I'm more of a World War II Warbird kind of guy and you told me a story about how you uh tell yeah. me that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is uh I've got this is World War One stuff's only I don't know, two of my probably twelve airplanes. So I've got a I've got also Zeroli C C forty seven. Uh, scratch built KI 100, ran 110 inches, uh, and, a, and a few other. Uh, there's a 101 inch B25 hanging at home, uh, and some other stuff. Uh, I like building, so I haven't stopped. And fortunately, so far the airplanes haven't been crashing a whole lot, so we, the collection keeps growing. Uh, I mean, I started. And that's really a problem. <laughs> it can be. <laughs> First world problems, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, right now there's a bird L19 bird dog quarter scale on the workbench. Uh, wow, some cool stuff. And then behind that, there's some other stuff already bought and lined up. So, I think you were telling me yesterday that you were into the World War II stuff too until you built one of these and got one of these. And yeah, it's uh, through the inheritance of uh, one of them. I attended the Blue Max up in uh, in Sanford, uh, and uh, a little different group of guys, a little older crowd, real laid back, a lot of fun, a little different style of flying. Yeah, uh, but the nice thing with the World War One crowd typically is everybody's a builder. There's nothing. Yeah, new. there aren't there aren't a lot of ARF kits out there that there, you can make look good. Yeah, there's a, there's starting to be a couple. I think Hangar Nine just dropped a biplane recently. That yeah, we saw. Um, so they're starting to. But uh, up until recently, the only way to have one of these things was to either buy one I built or build one yourself or something. Yeah, and but, I can tell you the workmanship I see walking up and down the flight line today is way past anything I could ever dream to do. <laughs> Some nice stuff. Your planes look pretty awesome. Now, I got to ask you one question, and we'll be done. Um, I asked the club president, and I forgot to ask Marvin, but um, if you could only bring one club plane to the field, forget it's the Dawn Patrol, and you're going out flying for the day, but you can only you're only allowed to have one plane for the rest of your life. What's that plane going to be for you? I, I have seen Brian O'Mara's P forty seven. That thing's like I don't know, a hundred and sixty inch wingspan or something, and that thing is cool. It's got to be a hundred and forty five pound RC airplane or something. That's the one. You have it? No, I no, I don't have one. But it's not yours. You seen, can't oh, bring... you want one? I have. Yes, it's got to be your plane. So I, I've got my my beater, if you will. I've got a ninety seven inch GB Model Y. That's an ARF with a DLE fifty five in the front of it. It goes together easy, fits in my van easy, and it'll do anything you ask of it. And they're a fun handful, aren't they? Yeah, yeah and, it's, it's, uh, and it's, it's good fun. Cool. So. Well, I thank you for your time, man. Have a good one, and it'll. I'm looking forward to seeing you out there tearing the skies up. Soon. All right, great. Thanks. All right, I'm back here with Doc. I actually got to meet Doc as well yesterday when I came out like a 
dork and thought I had their date right and I was on the wrong date. And Doc was putting together his particular plane. What did you bring down for the trip? Uh, well, one-third scale Newport 28. Can you tell me a little bit about that plane? Like how long it took you to build it, where it's from, the details, oh. you know? Well, uh, yeah. Uh, it took me about three years to build it, although probably only 13 months of that was actual construction time. I, I get sidetracked. No. <laughs> Not in the RC hobby. You get sidetracked. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's a Balsa USA. Uh, it's highly modified. has a DA100 engine on it. Uh, it's covered with solar techs, painted with latex. Uh, mostly uh, it's full of high-tech servos, and, and I guide it with a JR trim. It's got a, a fully articulated scale landing gear on it. I saw that. It's and, very cool. Uh, yeah, I scratch built that, and uh, it's, a, it's a good flying airplane. I, you've handled it fairly well out there. <laughs> I understand you came from Tennessee. I'm here from Tennessee. So you got uh, the award for the longest range? Well, not yet, but I, I think I will. So did they give you two goodie bags, two gift bags since you came the <laughs> no, farthest? No, one of those is marked. <laughs> oh, okay. I was just thinking you should get you should get an award for being the farthest travel. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's a 12 and a half hour drive to get to Mark's house and then another hour to get here from there. I'm staying with uh, my friend Mark Armbrost. Ah, okay. So you just brought the one plane down? Actually, no. I brought two. I brought both Newports. I had a quarter scale also. I, I, I sold it to a fellow yesterday before I even had it unloaded. Well, it makes the trip home easier, doesn't it? Well, it does. I makes it a little bit lighter. To, I won't have so much to put in there. Cool. Um, tell me like, what it's like flying one of those World War One Warbirds. I haven't asked any, I've asked people about their planes, but I'm a World War II Warbird lover, and I fly foamies. What's it like when you get out there with They're a lot really different nice than, than heavy iron. They're a lot slower. They're a lot more relaxed, which is good for an old guy like me. Uh, you know, I can relate, uh, and uh, it's. Uh, I I just love the World War One airplanes, and and uh, they sure look good up there, don't they? They do, and uh, the Newport's my my favorite, uh, my favorite Allied airplane. Uh, it's got such a pleasing shape, you know. The twenty eight's all round and uh, smooth and everything compared to some of them, but uh, I. Uh, I enjoy flying them. It's it's fairly relaxing. I don't I don't have a club close to where I live, uh, and so consequently, uh, since we moved to Tennessee uh, about three years ago, uh, I've only flown at events, and so I go a couple of months between uh, experiences with the airplane, and we kind of have to get to know each other all over again. So you only get to fly when you go to events? You don't have a local place like no, a No place park to fly locally. I, there's a club that I'm, I'm looking at in Knoxville. Uh, it's it's going to be about a 90-minute drive, but it's it's a beautiful facility, and they got plenty of overfly, enough room for a big airplane. You yeah. know? It's not like you can go to the local schoolyard and fly one of these. Right. You you just can't get away with that with a third-scale airplane. So you, you, don't have any, you don't have any smaller stuff? It was... I, I've got a... Come on, this is RC. you got more than three planes. Yeah, guys, you know, I've been doing this for... Well, I, I started RC in 1969, so, uh, yeah, I've got a lot of airplanes, but uh, I don't really have any of them are active anymore. I've got a couple of big birds that I, I fly once in a while, uh, but I don't really fly any little airplanes wow. anymore. Well, so you pretty much are stuck at events then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, it was pretty neat you got to come down here for this one. 
I asked a couple of the other guys a question. I'll ask you the same thing. Okay. Throw the Dawn Patrol thing out. Forget we're at Dawn Patrol. And if you were going to a flying event, but you're only allowed to bring one plane, or you're only allowed to own one plane, RC, for the rest of your life, what plane's that going to be? Oh, wow. That's your go-to beater that you just love, and it puts a smile on your face I, every time I you fly. I have an Avastar trainer with uh, a Rossi 45 on it, which is a little much for a, a trainer. It's overpowered. Uh, That's, uh, yeah, it's a little overpowered. RC people tend uh, to do but that. But the airplane handles it really well. And uh, it you could fly that in a schoolyard just about anywhere. It's a, it's a, it's a fun airplane. Uh, and if I, if I, you know, couldn't go do the World War One thing, that that'd be the airplane I'd have because I could go fly it anywhere. Very cool. It sounds like a fun setup. Yeah, so. I like to fly float planes too. Yeah, I have a, uh, I have the E Flight Timber that came with floats, okay. and okay. I've got to put that out on the lake a couple of times, and it's okay. it's a whole different kind of fun, and I've it just looks a, so cool up in the sky. I've got a Schneider Sport. Uh, it's a sixty size, uh, and I have a, a Sopwith Tabloid. Uh, that was, uh, I don't know, flown in 1914, I think, uh, in the Schneider races when they were very first started. And uh, it's a 40 size. It's only a 38-inch wingspan. It's a, it's a small airplane. Well, you can take that one to the local and, pond. And well, yeah, if there was a pond. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I've got a, a flying boat type of airplane. That's one I designed and built. It's uh, 40 size. Nothing wow. special very about cool. it. So. All right. Well, thank you for your time, Doc. You're quite welcome. Hey, it's nice meeting you, and yeah. you have a great, fun day today. Nice to meet you, and I'm going to have fun. <laughs> I'm going to have fun watching you. Okay. Well, Jay, those were some uh, fantastic interviews. Uh, we really appreciate uh, Philip for, for taking the opportunity and, and uh, for everybody that participated uh, in the um, uh, Dawn Patrol. And, man, those guys sound like they're really into uh, – into the yeah, hobby. Definitely. Yeah, they're definitely really into it. And once again, thanks thanks to our increased budget. Look at this. I know, right? I mean <laughs> everybody Mike, makes Mike's fun out of visiting budget. you. We're here we're here with <laughs> Philip. He went he went to Miami to do some stuff. Man, we've like quadrupled our uh, our budget it's... from last year, our travel budget from last year. I'm really excited. And I well, blew we... it to heaven to you know where. Yeah, that's right. You so did. Philip, don't forget to turn in your specs reports. <laughs> that's <laughs> right. Check in the mail. I know, right? Or the Slurpees, whatever I will, Slurpee I will, you As you can see right dog. behind me, there's a big file. I'll put it right back there with everything else that I have. <laughs> I think Mike, yeah. Michael can pay him with 2,200 batteries. Probably so. There you go. Just, of those. Well, yeah. just, just send batteries out to everybody. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because I'm almost to the point where most of mine are six cell now. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much we went out the field and flew and had six cell stuff everywhere. It's like, so. Mike, do you have any 2,200s? Yeah, they're around here somewhere. Yeah, they're oh. buried somewhere. Just dig them out. Haven't used them in a while. Do they work? I don't know. Let's <laughs> charge them. See what well, happens. when Philip actually came out here, that was one of the things he said, too. I got some of the airplanes that I haven't flown in a while, and I pulled out a bunch of 1,000 and 1,300 million batteries, and he put one in the mangler, and it was... I was up for about 30 seconds, and it came down on its own. It just started out, and then it just kind of went, I'm not doing it, and it landed, so it was pretty funny, but... Well, it's exciting that uh, you were able to, to, you know, help your mom and uh, and attend the event, and you, uh, you know, you made some good contacts down there, and we really appreciate you taking the time and energy uh, to go out and do that. Yeah, we appreciate that. Yeah, I can tell you, if you're ever down in Miami and you want a neat place to fly, that is a 
very well manicured. It's a grass runway. It's like 950 feet, I think, one direction. And then they have an east-west runway that is shorter. They have room for camping if they're having a big fly-in. It's a very, I think they have 13 acres. Right, um, right. They have a lot of room there, and it like flies right out. If you go over the power lines, you're in the Everglades pretty much. Wow, and, that's um, amazing. It's a really nice field, very well manicured. They got like plants, you know, the, the pilot boxes are like shrubs, you know, man, <laughs> manicured in. And I think unlike the, the cheese graters we just put in, you know, the yeah, big chain leak. The, fence um, that... I think the president told me, I don't think it was in the interview, but he told me later that uh, the cost that they pay per year to manicure and keep the field maintained is probably more than my club here in Madison brings in. Wow. Really? But I think he said they got like 150 members. And so it's, it's a fairly substantial club. Hmm. So it's, it's a pretty neat facility. And I can tell you if I lived down there in the area, that's where I'd be flying. Yeah. We just installed a $70,000 runway. So Mike actually was, yeah, you just, on didn't it. you just repave it? We did repaved it. So yeah. wow. Since Eight, I was there 50 feet. Is since, it what? Since I was there. Yeah. Wow. That would be really nice and smooth. Uh, it is nice and smooth, and the new pilot boxes are all you know chain link. They bit they built these little chain link fences instead of those tires that we were sitting on. Um, wow! So yeah, it's been it's been uh, quite a adventure. So, but it's really really nice. So now I need to come back out and see it. Absolutely, welcome anytime. Yeah, actually, uh, you you were an inspiration because uh, not only did we do the podcast about you coming down, but uh, shortly after that, I got contacted by another listener. He was able to come out on a Tuesday and go to the park and fly with us as well. So cool. Uh, yeah. You know, honestly, uh, like I said, if you're in Arizona, send me a note and uh, you know, I have no problem going to find RC airplanes. It's always a, um, a joy and fun for me to do. Well, what you need to, what you need to do, Mike is get up here for air venture. I, I need to come back up there for uh for Oshkosh. Fly your little aerobatic <laughs> plane on up here and land it and uh, camp yeah. under the wing and you'll have a good old time. Well, actually, uh, it's funny you mention that because most of the – my airplane would actually fit over at the IEC tent. That's where we all park because we don't really have a – you know, like a lot of guys will kind of group together. P-51s go with the P-51s and the RVs yep. go with the RVs and the extras all kind of just come around the – IC tent or the IC building. So yep, I see uh, them there, right there by the flight line where we watch the yeah flight right really the close air show, and I see uh, the RC Best groups the playing house. there every year. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I actually thought about it once or twice, and uh, but I think if I do that, I'm going to have to bring my spouse because she would uh, have my head if I just flew up there on my own. So she's been wanting to go for a while. So yeah, we'll have to definitely make a trip <clears throat> one of these times. Well, do you have any uh, any big events coming up in your area that you want to promote? Or At the moment, no. Um, I'd have to look up um, our local club page. I'm not 100% sure when our, our fly-in is. Mm-hmm. I can get that to you guys when I find that out for sure. Um, oh, cool. There's a couple other ones that are in the area, but they're usually late in the summer and maybe early fall um, that are kind of fun. And I went to, I think I went to three fly-ins last year in the area, the one from my local club and then the two like neighboring sister clubs and had a good time, crashed a few planes and repaired them on the spot and uh, was a good time. Yeah. Well, I noticed on our Facebook page, you were out uh, flying uh, a new Corsair. Is that yours? 
Did you get it? Yes, I, um, a friend of mine, um, I think I mentioned it on the podcast, that had sold me my fir- given me my first Warbird. Yeah. He that's had this right. Corsair, and that's my wife's favorite plane, Warbird, really? is the Corsair. I says, maybe if I buy his Corsair, she'll go to the field with me. Well, so... <laughs> So far, that's not working, but it's worth uh-huh, a shot. See that, Mike? It ain't working. Go figure. Yeah, go figure. But um, he had bought it. He'd flown it a couple of times. It was the Horizon one, the 1. 1.2 right. uh, with AS3X. And so I said, I want that plane. And when I went over to pick it up and I had the money, I says, what do you want? He gave me a really fair price. I came home and took the AS3X receiver out and put my Gropner in and sold the AS3X to pay for a new gyro for my other there planes. There you go. So it all worked out well, and I was scared of the Corsair because I used to have an 800-millimeter multiplex um, mm-hmm. weekend Warbird Corsair, and it did nothing but spin out of the sky because I probably didn't know what I was doing then. But this <laughs> thing just flies amazing. It's just Yeah, the video is amazing. That's one of the planes I'm taking out with me tomorrow when I fly after work. So it's a it's a beautiful plane. And yeah, that was my maiden flight on that course air. So um, it looked really good. Well congratulations. It looked really good. Yes, it was fun. And you were flying one other airplane I think, right? That day I had my Arrows R C P fifty one. Um it's an eleven hundred millimeter and those little planes you get them at open hobby I think. Mm -hmm. And those planes for the money are seriously nice planes. They fly for you, Michael. Three S twenty two hundreds right up your alley, man. They have a they have a Bearcat. They have the P fifty one. They have uh, the T twenty eight. And I think they just came out with one more. I can't remember what it was. But I've heard nothing but really good flight characteristics. My P fifty one is just the simplest thing to fly you can imagine. Takeoffs are a little squirrely. Um, there's one small flaw in it. If anybody gets one of those, the Arrows RCP 51, 1100 millimeter, there's not a lot of right rudder throw. And the yeah. way the wheel is set up, you get a whole lot of wheel, but a tiny bit of rudder. So it's a real right. handful on the ground. But I read some hacks on the RC group forums about it, where some people went in and cut away a little bit of foam inside and readjusted the linkage inside the on the servo. And I got a little more throw out of it. And I calmed it down, and it seems to track pretty good on takeoffs now. My only problem was my original tail wheel was lopsided and crooked. The hole in it was drilled in it crooked. Oh, right. And so as soon as it started getting squirrely, it just went all the way around. So I found an old plane um, that had a similar size tail wheel, and I drilled it out enough to get it on there. And now it takes off pretty scale-like now. It's much better, and it just flies like a dream. So that was the other plane you saw. Right, right, right. Well, it sounds like uh, you're having a good time out there. You're going to be flying tomorrow. What do you, you said? Uh, the Taking the Corsair, Corsair and my um, E-Flight T6 Texan. Oh, very nice. That's a, I've got some plans for a video with that plane. I just need somebody to film me flying it. Or I need someone at the field, like maybe our club president who can fly the wings <laughs> off of anything, to fly it for me. And let me film it. What I want to do is I've got a little small uh, fox ear legend, like a run cam, uh-huh. and I want to Velcro it on top of the canopy, on the inside of the wing looking out, on the outside of the wing looking in, on the bottom looking forward, on the bottom looking back, and fly the same pattern over and over and over and move the camera around uh, each time and cut, cut that all together into a video like very few people put 
up on the internet. Most of the flights are really crappy video from a run cam or a GoPro mm -hmm. mounted on your hat or your cell phone. And you, once you take off, it turns into a spec that you don't know if it's there until it comes back into the picture. And I, right. I hate those videos. And I don't know how people get so many followers on their YouTube channel with those videos because really they're Maybe pretty, it's the running commentary while they're video. Because you I don't mind the running it. commentary, but from a videographer's standpoint, they're like, no offense, people, if you make those, God bless you. And if, and if it helps you, good. But from someone who likes to watch a good RC video, those things are hard to watch. There's a yeah. YouTube channel that I really enjoy. Those guys really know how to – this guy, he's from Europe. T. Bobo Rap, I think his name is. Um, if you look him up on YouTube, he does three- and four-minute videos of one plane. And he's a really good camera person, has beautiful stills. And you can see the plane. You can see it doing stuff. And then there's that YouTube channel, uh, the Slovenian brothers from Slovenia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, oh, those guys are funny. Those are, and they're funny, but they film well. You can see the plane doing right. stuff. And they use the same camera I do, so obviously. You know. Well, there you go. But, you know, I enjoy those kind of videos because I can actually see the plane in action. And I can see its characteristics. And I can see if it's getting beat around. Right. And I want to do this one video because I've seen very few done this way. Well, I know they had the – Jay just sent one of a 360 or something, right, where they were able to film yeah. all the way If somebody out, so. can give me a 360 camera, i got some plans for that too. I'm just there you go. <laughs> well, at, uh, if you if you want to give uh, – yeah, if you want to give Philip a run 360 camera, his address is parkflyerpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. <laughs> Well, when that does happen, we'd love to have you back on the podcast so you can tell us about it. Oh, yeah, you know, those things are cool. I have some fun, ideas. Fun to see. Yeah. yeah. So. so. Well, man, it's hard to believe, but our hour is up. Time flies when you're having fun. I know. I pun intended. Really Absolutely. Well, unfortunately, my entire life flies by, so. I, I we, need a, we need a plane <laughs> that's called time. <laughs> there you go. That way when it flies by, you can say, hey, time is flying by. Time flies. Time, time flies. flies. Excellent, excellent. And we'll make it run on the 2200. Thank yep, you. Just for Mike. <laughs> that way Michael exactly. can have one. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, well, luckily he's uh, putting some uh, some juice through my three cells this week. So hopefully. Uh, You're going to let him fly a six win. cell plane just so he can see he did. how much fun it is? I let him wow. I let him fly the L39. Oh, yeah. Did he do better than me or worse? I'm going to uh, refrain from answering that question on the ground. That's <laughs> smart. Incriminate. <laughs> you did equally well. Let me put it that way. The fact is the plane's still in one piece, right? <laughs> yes. That's, that's, yes, it is. If the plane's still in one piece, then he done, must have done okay. Correct. And the good news is, is that both of you were able to take off, fly around the pattern, and land. And neither one of you did a go around. So that's right. So that was that's good news. Um, and uh, both of you had big grins on your face. So maybe that'll put something in your stocking later on. That, uh, that I, I still grin thinking about that flying that yeah. plane. And now Jay has one too. So is it still back there? Look at that. I see it. It's a beauty there. <laughs> yeah, that's, it needs a paint job, but that's uh, on my list if I can ever afford the infrastructure of six S and chargers. So well, there you go. 
Well, we have really enjoyed uh, all the effort that you have given us, and we really appreciate it. Um, once again, you set up our Park Flyer podcast listeners group on Facebook. Uh, you are a moderator there, so um, you know people can see what you post. We appreciate all your posts on there. Uh, if you're a listener or a member of our group, please jump on there and post uh, your pictures of your club. Or I think the guys in North Carolina were posting pictures of their their uh, racks uh, that that Jay has behind him. And uh, and so it's it's fun to see both your hobby room and you know the planes that you have. We really like to reach out and um, interact with our listeners. Did you see the uh, video I posted up there yesterday? Um, I was We've out at flying. the field. So yeah. you see my face? Yeah, I was out the field all day yesterday. Hence the burned. Just real quick before we go, and if the pe- listeners haven't, it's, it was a fun day yesterday. I didn't get to go flying my planes, but I took we took a group of kids from our church up to the local EAA chapter for Young Eagle Flights. Oh, nice. And um, we had six kids go. One of the kids already wants to be a pilot, but he's done it two or three times. He knows that's what he wants to do. And I was able to get a ride along inside the plane. And so I was able to go and I made a vlog uh, video about it of the kids and stuff like that. And so I have a video that I posted on the page. And the even cooler thing was the local news channel was there and they mic'd up one of the young ladies that was in our group. And basically the whole news story was on this young girl. And she was just, it was really a cute story. And I even was in the background of a couple shots. Oh, there you go. So that was really cool. Yeah, the Young Eagles, that was my first time. And that's just a super program. Over 2 million kids have gotten their first flight through Young Eagles. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's something that a buddy of mine participates in as well. Our club's doing uh, that too. Yeah, yeah. Young Eagles first flights for kids is the uh, name of the um, video. It's on the Park Flyer podcast listeners group. Uh, go check it out. Give uh, Philip a couple of likes, and um, yeah, man, we are uh, off and running this year. We're having a good time, and man, we're looking forward to some more activities on your behalf. So when you uh, feel free to give us a call and join us anytime. If you're not a member there, you need to sign up for the page. Do it oh, now. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's it. I'm sign your marketing up. director. That's why you don't have any money. <laughs> You've been promoted. Self-promotion. Yes. Marketing director. Yeah, we need more uh, more people like you. So we appreciate your love of the hobby and uh, for helping us with the podcast. It's uh, always great to have our listeners uh, participate. And uh, you're doing a great job. We appreciate My pleasure. It. Yeah. Thanks for uh, talking to the guys at the Dawn Patrol. And, man, we're looking forward to uh, – more reports from you as you as you get uh, out there into the uh, Wisconsin area, I believe. Yes, I will have Perfect. a few. Well, excellent. Well, Jay, you got any flying you're going to do this week? You got to mow your field. Uh, yeah, in fact, um, i i got a I got a generator uh, for one thing. Nice. Uh, so I need to go test that out. So that's going to be something we're going to be talking about in the future. Good. Um, and I also have to mow my field. Yeah. So I don't have uh, the huge budget the Florida guys had for the <laughs> manicurist. I am I am the manicurist of the, yeah. of the of You're the looking field, at it. So You're that's looking it. at an A-class a gardener. <laughs> that's it. So. so that's that's what I'm going to be doing because really I haven't been out to the field since we were flying. So oh, it's wow. been a month. And wow. with all the rain we've been getting here, I'm just a, you know. It's a jungle out there. Yeah, gonna get some goats, have them yeah, go at it first. Good idea. Get, the mower. Yeah. get some goats and have them eat. Break break those llamas out. That's right. I said, what about Mike? Is he? Uh, other than uh, flying he's with you? I mean, gonna fly with me for a little bit longer, I think. Oh, okay. We got we got some stuff. Right, well, we'll probably be talking about that a little later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got the uh, wings back on my big gasser, so we're gonna go out and try that out again. 
Oh boy, <laughs> shenanigans! <laughs> shenanigans! Yep, we're gonna get get in the shenanigan world. I think so. you need video. Uh, we might be able to put some video on there. Sure, we'll definitely put it on our our listeners. Yeah, group, just so. stick a run cam right on the top of your hat and go for it. There you go. And then I can hear uh, Philip talk about how crappy the video is. Well, actually, that plane is so big, (laughs) it might be all right. The plane's beautiful, but the video sucks for these guys. The first 30 seconds of looking at the airplane were great. (laughs) As big as that plane is, it might actually be okay. Yeah, 106 inches. So, yeah, you're right. Maybe uh, if I can keep it in close enough and not get too lost. But uh, we'll see what we can do and and, uh, put some, some footage up there. So that'll be fantastic. Well, guys, um, that wraps it up for tonight, man. Holy smokes. Time's just flying. Absolutely. That's summertime's around the corner. Oh, by the way, you know what we didn't say today? What did Happy say? birthday to Mike. This podcast comes out on his birthday. On your really? birthday? No, on your birthday. No, on your birthday. On your birthday, too. No, no, on your birthday. Are you twins? We both have a birthday birth? when this. Yep. <laughs> we're, we're brothers. <laughs> so, yes. Happy birthday to Mike. Well, happy birthday, Mike. Yes, yeah. Happy Why, thank birthday. you. Happy birthday, Mike. Exactly. <laughs> Hope it is know. our birthday. It's uh, this podcast is uh, you know comes out on the fourteenth of May, and um, and that is our birthday. So, while you're listening to the podcast, we're going to be out flying, uh, enjoying <laughs> our birthdays. But uh, Mike and I share the same birthday on the fourteenth. So, uh, we'll definitely how convenient. To, yeah, it's yep. kind of convenient. I meant to mention that at the front of the first of the podcast, but. I was so excited to have Philip on, I totally spaced the fact that I'm getting older. It's <laughs> probably smart. It's and probably more forgetful. Smart. Luckily for me, Mike is a little bit older than me, so yeah, even though we share birthdays, I'm still the younger, better-looking guy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you're you're definitely the more redder guy. That's yeah, for I'm sure. definitely more looks, sunburned guy. Mike looks a normal yeah. tone as opposed to Man. your lobsterish tone know, right? on you. Yeah, I'm I mean, I, you look delicious. Don't don't get me wrong. I mean, you look like you're you're done. Yeah, no, I, mean, I was. I got a lot of sun yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We flew a lot. Yeah, you were outside a long time. And I think we all four share a similar hairline, so nobody has the advantage. Uh, correct, yeah, yes, know, so like we that, do. Right? Yep, that mm-hmm. high forehead. So, <laughs> good. Yeah, that, yeah. thanks a lot for pointing that out, Philip. We appreciate that. <laughs> I always thought it meant that my brain was bigger. Are you saying uh, it's different? That is, no, no oh. I think it is that our brains are bigger. So there you go, Philip. We all got something going for us. Yes. So. Well, once again, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast tonight. We really appreciate your time. And uh, it's great to have you on. So from Michael here in Arizona. Jay from the hills of Texas. And AK Mike in Texas in Arizona. I know. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see you in two weeks. Let's fly. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us. And we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review. And feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.